You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Discourse 26. Hand over to Allah with Sajjad Ayyub and Sheikh Ibrahim Skaterma. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam, sir. Surah Al-Nas, sorry, Surah An-Nasr, reminds us that we should not, An-Nasr, yes, reminds us that we should not forget him when people flock to the deen in droves, as its success has its own pitfalls. Could you elaborate on that? I beg your pardon, I'm just turning this so it doesn't turn go off. Um, That's fine. This relates to what we were speaking about in the previous session, Sajjad, because we have this, you know, one of the great challenges of success is that we ascribe the success to ourselves. Um, uh, you know, if we're here, if the only reason why we're here is to learn to how to bear witness to the fact that he's been our Rabb, then the claim to self-sufficiency is the exact opposite to that. And um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's easy to stay humble when you're on your knees. You know, I mean, then, then you know, humility is not, uh, is not rocket science. I mean, it's kind of like, it's obvious you're not, you're failing. You know? It's a lot more difficult to be humble when you're succeeding particularly when you're succeeding in a way that you could conceivably describe your success to your own endeavors. So, so success can be a very, very dangerous thing for us. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, the Surah describes a time when people were coming into the deen in droves. And uh, what is the caution that, the, that Allah gave to the Rasul Well, you know, basically, don't let this go to your head, you know. Stay humble in the face of the success. Understand where it's coming from. Don't claim it. Um, uh, you know, don't claim your good fortune. <clears throat> yeah, there's um, there's a uh, uh, there's a this amazing propensity that people have of um, of uh, of thinking that they personally account for all the good things that have happened to them and all the successes they've had. And, you know, we really don't like that kind of hubris as a species. We, all of us, find that deeply offensive. And the degree to which somebody does that is the degree to which we, never mind Allah, you know, human beings will sort you out. Um, we, you know, there's nothing that people find more detestable than a narcissistic human being. It's the most offensive thing there is. You know, somebody who's busy slapping themselves on the back and, you know, um, look at how great I am. Um, this is something that is is, is deeply offensive and uh, brings out the worst in us. I mean, we will bring that person down. Um, whereas uh, somebody who, who uh, despite the fact that they've got every reason to say that, disavows that and, and, and ascribes their good fortune to uh, forces beyond their control, 
that person we find laudable and honourable, and uh, we would we would uh, consider we consider that person uh, uh, correct. Yeah, we would find that person an attractive being. You described a way a horse whisperer works, and that's like how our struggles for success work. Then, and there must be a, a struggle then, then giving that up. So, uh, there's a sort of common view of how people break horses. I mean, it's now a little bit dated, but when I was a kid, you know, Western movies were the, were the thing. You know, everybody used to watch cowboy movies. I used to watch cowboy movies. Mm. And when you saw a horse being broken in a cowboy movie, it was actually a, an affair of immense violence. You know, there's, there's, there's the sort of hero of the, uh, you know, walks up to this horse and the horse is kind of meant to be like Satan incarnate. And the hero backs this horse and then <laughs> follows this, um, this wild kind of whinnying and bucking and screeching as this horse tries to get rid of this rider and it's immensely violent. And at some point, the horse gives in and its spirit has been broken. And that's why they used to refer to that process as the breaking of a horse. You break a horse in, mm. you take the wild spirit and you break it. Um, and for, you know, that's, Kind of, that's how I always thought as a, as, a, as a youth. That's how one dealt with horses. And then I came across this phenomenon when we started keeping horses ourselves called Horse Whispering. And then the Americans made a movie about it. I think Robert Redford. In fact, it was called The Horse Whisperer. Yes. Where there's a completely different way of dealing with a horse um, that involves absolutely no violence. And it's a befriending of the horse. And you get people who can basically, within a day, back with no, with no fight, back a, a, a wild horse. That's, and and that's, this has been done here in South Africa, in Southern Africa, at least there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a breed of, of horses that have gone feral in the Nama desert in Namibia. They, they're called the, you know, the desert horses, the Nama horses. And uh, people have taken these horses and have backed them in a day without a show of violence. They've literally befriended the horse. And, and the, how, how this works technically is, is, um, is the horse whisperer would come into a, a, a corral with a horse and um, they'd, first, they'd first look at the horse. Now we are predators. Our eyes in the front of our heads like lions. So when a prey animal like a horse, who's got, I mean, it's got eyes on the side of its head. When it sees us looking at us, it finds that very creepy. Because this is like a predator looking at me. You know, this thing's trying to get me. And, and the, the, this whole process of breaking is like being gotten by a predator for a horse. You know, it's like, the prey has leapt on me, and it's and I finally just gave up. So, so, so initially, the engagement starts with the horse whisperer looking at the horse, like this is the outcome that I want. The horse knows this thing wants me. 
The horse is nervous. And so the horse moves away from the, uh, the, the whisperer, you know, the, who's looking at him. The whisperer comes a bit closer, not too close, leaving some distance, but comes and looks at the horse. And then after a little bit of this drama, not touching the horse, just looking at the horse and walking up to the horse, the horse whisperer looks away. The horse cannot stand that. And the horse then comes to the whisperer. Because what the horse whisperer is then doing is then basically using not focus, but peripheral vision to allowing the horse to come to him. And the, so what has happened in that moment is the horse whisperer has literally changed, translated from predatory attention to receptive attention. You know, it's like he's fr from a, a being that is, so it's like the difference between, we've spoken about this before, he's looking at me to he's listening to me. You know, when he's looking at me, he's, this is offensive. When he's listening to me, he's allowing me into him. And uh, the rest is, 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 is uh, basically is, um, is a technical detail. I mean, the actual backing of the horse. But is that where the horse comes, comes rather than is pushed, comes with a shift in the attention. Um, and, and basically then you have a phenomenon where the horse was not broken, the horse gave itself. It wasn't dominated. It didn't. It, it it was a free. It was a choice. It wasn't a compulsive, compelled thing. Now you can use that as a metaphor for your entire life. You can either allow things to come to you, or you can compel things. When you compel things, you live a life of violence. Mm. And the, the problem is that you basically try to compel things that are fundamentally bigger than and stronger than you. I mean, this is, you know, horses are really dangerous animals. And um, uh, people who break horses in the old fashioned violent way, they, they, don't, they don't age well because all of them end up with like broken bones and done in spines. And because basically they took on a fight that, the, that you cannot fight when, in the fullness of time. You cannot dominate the world in the fullness of time. It is something that's bigger than you. It is like a wild horse, you know, and, and you're, you can dominate it short term, short, maybe one, two, but over a period of time, they, they will be the one that throws you. They will be the one that kicks you. They will be the one that, that tramples you, you know? So um, you, it's far wiser to learn not to dominate, but to learn how to work with. And that's what horse whisperers do. They don't dominate the animal. They become, they, they don't, it's not, it's not a common commandeering kind of exercise. It's a befriending exercise. They befriend the animal. The, the animal isn't their, isn't their slave. The animal becomes their, 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 um, their loyal friend. You know, you can trust a loyal friend. You cannot trust a slave. If you give a slave a gap, it'll go for you or it'll escape. But a loyal friend will not, you can, you can be weak with a loyal friend and a loyal friend will be your ally. So you try and construct your life on the basis of the goals you want to get, that which you want to dominate. And that thing eventually destroys you. 
but you live in your life in such a way that uh, you allow the things that you want to come to you. You remain courteous. You use reflective attention, uh, um, um, rather, uh, sort of um, receptive attention rather than predatory attention. Then you will find that all the things mm. that you want in your life come to you. But now the, there is a trick to this because this is not just about becoming flaccid and wimp, wimpish and allowing things to happen. Because the thing that the horse whisperer starts off using quite deliberately using predatory attention and then giving it up. The horse whisperer goes into the, the corral, looks at the horse like, I want you, you know, and the horse gets freaked out about that. The horse feels this thing is trying to predate me. But then, then quite deliberately, the horse whisperer shifts his attention. So it is important to anchor what you want and then to hand the problem over to Allah. So, so that's, that's the, the translating of the skill of horse whispering into the skill of being alive. That everything that I want is from other than me, because otherwise I wouldn't want it if it was already with me. So, so first I need to be clear about what I want, and I need to look at it. And then I need to make dua. And what does dua mean? It means I'm no longer pursuing this thing. I'm handing it over to the boss. He's going to fix it for me. Yeah. Otherwise, why am I making dua? I'll do the bit that I need to do, a little bit, but I'll accept that that's always going to be inadequate. No matter how well thought through, it's always going to be inadequate. It'll come from him. The blessing will come from him. So doing the little bit that I can do is the, is the predatory piece that the horse whisperer does when he comes into the crawl, when he looks at the horse. That's the bit that I can, that's what I can do. You know? But then he hands it over and allows the thing to come to him. It's an immense skill, learning how to allow things to come to you rather than pursuing the things that you want. The first life is one that gets destroyed in the living. You get consumed by living that way. You live a hard life that eventually breaks your teeth and your bones takes your eyesight, um, wrecks your life. The second one actually nourishes you as you live it. It doesn't deplete you as you live it. Because you're not living with a world that you're contending with the whole time. It's very exhausting to live with a world that you're contending the world the whole time. You know, if you all the time arguing and fighting and, uh, you know, this is depleting. But if you're living with, a, in, if you're in a world which is your benefactor and your ally, and you rely on that, you rely on that, you can rely on that. That's a very different way of living. It's a much sweeter way of living, a much more um, um, uh, how can I say, um, sort of feeding, it feeds one, it doesn't deplete one, it nourishes, a nourishing way of living. Yes. So at the moment of being granted success, this is our weakest moment, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the time where we are most uh, most prone to ascribing our success to our own endeavors. 
you see, we, I mean, <clears throat> part, of his, part of our design is hubris. And a hubris that says, actually, I don't need anything or anyone. I'm self-sufficient. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm the clever one. I'm the capable one. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's nothing that confirms that more than, than when you succeed. And it's not like there's some people who aren't tempted by this kind of sense of hubris and other people who are. That isn't true because you're, you wouldn't have endeavored in the first place if you didn't at least have some element of it. So all of us have this weakness. All of us have this weakness of, uh, of uh, arrogance and of a pretense to self-sufficiency. Um, and the time when that weakness is closest at hand, and it's, our, it's actually our worst quality. It is our very worst quality. It is the thing that makes us most dangerous because it's, it, it is absolutely flush with ingratitude. It's flush with presumption. It's flush with this, uh, uh, this, the opposite of what we should be. We should be worshipful, be worshipful beings and in awe. But a person who's self-sufficient, there's no reason to be in awe um, because he's saying, look, I'm the significant one here. Look at how, what I've achieved. So that affirming of the self is therefore, by definition, trivializing the other, trivializing the world, trivializing uh, existence in the realm. So, so th this sort of sense of um, little rush of, uh, I don't know what the, uh, the, the, uh, um, what the, uh, what the, the, uh, the hormone is that we get when we succeed. Is it dopamine? I don't know. What is it? Uh, but the, the 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 rush that we get when we succeed, that's um, uh, uh, you know, we we all have that. And so you know, um, don't think that that's not going to happen. That you need to do work on yourself, not to claim the success. The 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 not claiming success is a is a job that needs to be done. Thank you so much. Salamu alaikum. Listeners, you are listening to Millennium Discourses. We will be back tomorrow with another topic. We would like to thank Etsko Skatema. Till tomorrow, Allah Hafiz from us all. <laughs>